Welcome to Restore, a Good Shepherd Bible Church podcast. This podcast is designed to help you better lead or engage with your community group conversation. Each episode, we'll review last week's sermon and probe a little deeper in order to help you process your Christian experience, life in community, and work on mission. Thank you for joining me. This is Restore. Welcome into Restore Podcast today, and uh, thank you for for joining us for this uh, podcast on uh, community group discussion. We are actually going through um, Acts 1, 12 through the end of the chapter. Uh, It's what we uh, were preaching on last Sunday. And speaking of things that we preached on last Sunday, um, I'm so sorry for the audio recording or or the lack thereof. Uh, For our normal sermon podcast, we, for some reason, have not been able to, to figure out uh, how to get that recorded? We obviously recorded our first sermon, uh, did that well, and uh, we must have gotten the yips. Uh, we have not been able to figure out how to uh, how to record our sermons. So we've recorded uh, some empty sound. We've recorded 42 minutes of solid MP3 that is blank. So we will work that out. We're committed to to getting that up and up and going. So sorry if you're looking for that. Uh, joining me today is Quentin Sipe. Uh, he's our worship leader, but he's also a community group leader. Uh, so he's going to help us uh, process some of this uh, content. So Quentin, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to go ahead and read uh, the, the passage. Again, this is Acts 1, 12 through the end of the chapter. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days Peter stood up among the brothers, the company of the persons was in all about a hundred and twenty, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man uh, acquired a field with a reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong he burst open into the, in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate. And let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness of his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, and uh, uh, who was also called Justus or Eustace, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, know the hearts of all. Show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go down into his place. 
and they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. All right, there's a, there's a lot here, and uh, I basically opened up the sermon with this confession that, um, you know, really, I, I had a hard time grasping the sense of this uh, of this passage. It felt so descriptive, and it felt so you know, kind of disconnected, uh, you know, they're, they're waiting around in Jerusalem and they're seemingly kind of bored. And so they just like, well, we have nothing else to do. Let's, let's pray. And, uh, we'll, we'll wait for the Holy spirit. Oh, and I guess, I guess we should finally get around. I guess now's a good time. Let's get around to, to bringing in that, uh, that other apostle because, you know, Judas ended up being kind of a, a dummy head and doing his thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll cast lots and there we go. Cool. It just felt so disconnected, and I, I couldn't really g- get a great sense of, of what this passage was about. Uh, and it really actually hit me on Friday of last week, uh, which is probably a little late in the game for, for preparing sermons. Um, this idea that the, the, the actions of the early church are often so mundane that we blow right by them. Uh, and the simplicity of the actions of the early church here, really, really the apostles, uh, and, and the the other disciples gathered around, and the women. Let's not forget the the women, the the trio of of women: Susanna, Joanna, uh, and and Mary Magdalene, and then of course Mary, the mother of of Jesus as well. Let's not forget them. But um, yeah. So th- there was two things that we had talked about in the sermon: um, these mundane actions that I think are really important for us to to consider, and uh, and then we'll go on to considering these two in in the life of our community group. Um, but the first mundane action was that they were constantly together in prayer. And this comes from verses 12 through 14. Uh, the ESV says that they were of one accord. Uh, you could say that they were joined together or united or having one mind. Uh, and really, it, this isn't necessarily talking about community or fellowship, but it's certainly highlighting uh, the fruit of community and, and fellowship. It's interesting that that Luke uses this term uh, of being one, in, in one accord. Luke uses this 10 times in the New Testament, while the New Testament by itself only uh, talks about it only one other time. It's pretty pretty fascinating. So one accord is a pretty big deal in, in Luke's mind. Um, but the idea of constantly being devoted, it, it kind of has this idea of, of persistence, of perseverance in, in this prayer. They kept doing it. They were committed to it. They were fanatical um, about this kind of about this kind of prayer, and uh, and one of the things I, I challenged our, our folks to really think through, um, I, I wanted us to think through why why they might be committed to prayer. What would what would make the apostles committed to prayer? Uh, and we don't often find ourselves that fanatical about praying. Well, number one, I think they were just really dedicated to to talking to Jesus. Remember, Jesus had just ascended into heaven, and this Lord and Savior whom they had spent three years of their life with, um, recently has just gone. And so they desire to, to talk with him. And so don't, you know, don't forget that that prayer is really our, our way of simply talking to God. We're, we're talking, we're fellowshipping with God himself, uh, in prayer with Christ. So don't, so don't forget that and, and lean on that, go hard into that. Um, but I think number two, the thing that they were, they were the, the reason why they were praying so much is because they were waiting on the Holy Spirit. And so their prayers were so much more about, uh, about expecting the promise of God to happen. They were, they were doing this motivated by promise, whereas we are often motivated by just bad circumstances or uh, our own frustrations or our last-ditch efforts of, 
um, you know, not getting our way. And so then we cry out to God. Well, the, the, the apostles were, you know, initiating prayer. They were constantly devoted to prayer because of, of their life of promise. All right, so that's number one. They were constantly devoted to prayer. But I think the other main mundane action that we see is that they were committed to the truth of the gospel. And we won't go get too deep into this because there's a lot to say about it. But I think there's there's two two reasons why I think I can say that they were they were committed to the truth of the gospel. Number one is because they, they were committed to the actual reliability of the scriptures. And uh, you see several times there where, where Peter says, the scripture had to be fulfilled. It has to be this way. Uh, scripture must be truthful and must be reliable. Uh, we can't we can't operate uh, the message of the gospel without the reliability of the scriptures. And so Peter constantly says uh, that the scripture has to be fulfilled. And specifically going going over to the Psalms and talking about how how Judas died and all the things that happened with with Judas. Well, the scripture must have been fulfilled in this way. So this is not an accident. Uh, this is all part of God's gospel plan crazy enough as that as that is um but the second thing that that i can i can say the second reason why i can say that they were committed to the to the truthfulness of the gospel uh is because really uh they cherished they really cherished their apostolic message and uh this comes from verses 21 through 26 you know where, where peter says one of these two men um must become with us a witness uh, to the resurrection, and so there were a couple rules that Peter laid out for the apostolic ministry, and uh, that that was really the the impetus behind selecting a new apostle was to keep the apostolic tradition uh, in line or or, or truthful or pass, uh, able to be passed passed down. And of course, what they were passing down was the fact that they saw Jesus come out of the grave. They saw him die, and they saw him come uh, come to life again. So, the message of the gospel. Of course, it flows from Scripture, and, and so Scripture must be true, but also the gospel message must be true. And so you can see that in their dedication to the fulfillment of Scripture and the, the apostolic uh, ministry carrying on. All right, that's 30,000-foot view of this passage, but I want to get to the nitty-gritty. And so, so Quentin, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, uh, as a community group leader, um, how, how are you seeing your community group and the relationship between these mundane actions here of the, of the early church? Yeah, so I think it's just uh, really important that we, as a community group, um, stay true to these mundane actions. And uh, I think it's really easy just as a, as a community in general to come together and um, just talk and live life without having real purpose. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been or, um, or maybe Brittany's been to maybe a ladies' Bible study at a church where, um, and where they never really spent very much time into the getting into the book. They just spent a lot of time socializing. Yeah. And, um, that's not a fault necessarily of the, of the study group. I think that's just the nature of when people get together, like that's just kind of how things happen. So there is that kind of, um, there's that natural, natural kind of bent to just be that way. But then also there's the reality that, um, there's, because that's a natural bent to be that direction, that means that we're not naturally bent towards being the purposeful in these types of mundane actions. Yeah, sorry. Um, and I think that's part of the fall, but I also think just part of human nature. Sure. So we as community group uh, people need to be purposeful in um, being constantly committed to, together in prayer and then committed to the truth of the gospel. And I'll tell you that I think 
not only does this have to be a reality on a community group level, but I think it also has to be reality on an individual level. That's right. That's right. And I'll be the first to admit that it's it's really hard. Yeah. It's just really, it's really, really, I, I am no, no honest person with themselves will ever, would ever really say that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I've got this prayer thing down. Like I'm, I'm right. I'm who would ever say to, that? Even the people who are really, really good at prayer. Yeah. Are humble enough to because go because they pray. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, I'm not, I don't pray enough kind of thing. Um, and you, and you look back even back over in history, just with, from our church fathers, uh, just some of them were true pr- prayer warriors. And, yeah. and then they have on paper them saying things like, you know, I, I don't pray enough. And it's, right. it's reminiscent of or echoing of Paul's heart attitude of I'm the greatest sinner in the sinner in the, mm, yeah. uh, um, in the room kind of thing. So yeah, it, yeah, we, and that's not committed to, um, that's that's not a man that that lack of commitment it's not something to be we shouldn't be beating ourselves up over that's not meant to be a guilt type type reality i think i think that i think it's a good reality for us to face because it helps us know that a there's a problem and b we can fix the problem there's yeah. a solution for the problem and um that's christ and what he's doing in our lives so yeah and i think the the points that were kind of drawn out from from our passage that they were number one they were simply just, I think they were just missing Jesus. I right. think they were just like, right. they had that fellowship and they felt that that was gone in their life. And then they were like, well, we can, we can keep this up because we can, we can pray. And then also the idea that like they were committed to this, God had given them a promise. Yeah. You're going to be yeah. my witnesses. I'm going to send you the spirit. And so for them, it was like, it wasn't a guilt thing. It was mm-hmm. like a hopeful expectation thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded too, I was reminded too of the book that we read as a church um, the one of the very first, life together, sure. Or and was it gospel fluency? Or or no, I think it was life together. Oh, where, uh, Bonhoeffer. Yeah, Bonhoeffer. Where um, there was a there was a whole section just just committed to silence. Yes, and um, being being aware of your need and letting letting that need drive you to the solution for that need. Yeah, which is Christ and. When you talk about cultural differences and time frames and and you talk about um, like just different realities of, of, of life, our life is extremely noisy. Yeah. Our culture is extremely noisy. Now, their culture was noisy as well. Um, and yet it, I would there's good argument to say that our culture is extremely yeah. exponentially noisier. One hundred percent than their than their culture was because even their culture was really heavily um, dependent on their belief system. Yeah, ours not so much. Well, I take the back. Well, yeah, just it's <laughs> just a different belief system, a different form, maybe a religious versus irreligious. Right, but. right. So, um, so there's so even in our own independent freedom kind of based culture, we tend to think that we don't need. There's an underlying current of we don't really need anything other than ourselves. Yeah, that's right. And that's just totally opposite than what of what Scripture says. Um, and we we desperately need Jesus, and we desperately need communication with Him. And I can, uh, let me, I just offer kind of just hope because I, I find myself getting into this vicious cycle of, oh, you know what? I missed, I missed my time in God's word. I missed my time in prayer today. I, I'm going to set my alarm for super early 5 a.m. Yeah. 4 a.m. Whatever it is. Never goes. Yeah. <laughs> 4 a.m. happens and I'm, I do, I literally don't even hear the, hear the alarm or I just turn the alarm off. Like, nope, that's dumb. <laughs> right. Um, I just want everyone to know that that is not an indicator of 
how much Jesus loves you. That's right. That's right. And that doesn't mean that you are less of a person or, or, or not as spiritual or not growing. Hmm. Um, that may just mean that you don't really do well getting up at 4 a.m. Right. Like <laughs> probably 95% right, of right. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Whatever yeah. the time frame is. Um, so, which is why Paul would say things like "be constant in prayer" or right. "pray without ceasing." He, right. He noticed he didn't say "pray at four a.m. every day." Right. And I think though it's important that our community group makes sure that we schedule though that time specifically in make sure we allot time to do that. And I'll yes. again be the first to admit that even though there have been already uh, community group meetings where we have scheduled that time, and because we've just been fellowshipping or we couldn't get the fire started out back or it was raining and we had to move inside, whatever. Um, we just didn't get to everything on the, on the, on the dock, on the, on the schedule. And that's okay. Um, but, but that continued personal pray without ceasing type mindset, um, is is good. And again, the pray without ceasing doesn't mean that you have to, every single decision you make, you have to pray about. Should I brush my teeth today? Should I start on the right side or the left side while brushing my teeth? I got to pray about it. No, don't don't do that. I don't think God cares. To be no, the, some of those things really, some of those things God really doesn't care about. He doesn't care if you park in this parking spot or the next parking spot. He's given you all the tools already to make that decision. Yeah, just just li- live, live, um, and yeah. uh, 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 and then and then God will God will have His way. God yeah. God is working all all things for His good for his glory and our good. That's right. And um prayer is part of that. Yeah, for sure. I think there are some some helpful mechanics that that can that can help us strive towards being constant sure. in prayer yeah. or communicating the gospel. Yeah, and those are good. Those are wonderful. Yeah, and I think I think they're worth noting, you know, they just can't yeah, they can't they can't dominate the landscape of of our righteousness for sure. Well, they don't define anything. No, they don't they don't that's right. That's right. Um so I mean, I think one of the things that can be really helpful um is things like this is this is really really helpful but things like starting on time you know why because you, you back up 10 minutes and all of a sudden you know if something's going to give it's probably pro- probably something like prayer time right you know right. so starting on time uh working even the way if you do a meal for a community group doing doing the meal in a way that actually is quicker you know you know yeah. things, things like that yeah. and, and getting everybody through the line uh, keeping keeping the group small uh because everything just grows exponentially when right. when right. when the group is large um, and then I do think, and this is really true, so there's mechanics, but also I really think that there's just um, gospel courage yeah. that just goes in boldness. I think the apostles would say it's boldness. Just yeah. to speak the gospel, when you when you hear it in your mind, somebody's struggling or somebody just confessed sin or uh, somebody needs prayer. Somebody needs to be prayed with or prayed for to take the, take the courage and say, Jesus, we're bringing you into this and I'm praying that you would just just go in. Yeah, don't let the don't even let the mechanics of it. Yeah, dictate that's right. How how you interpret what the spirit's doing in your heart. That's right. Go, go pray and then and then, or or speak the gospel. You know, someone just confess something. You know, it's I, up to us. We we're the community group. Yeah, so, so tell them. I love that too because like sometimes I've been in community groups where um you know, we typically the schedule typically or the mechanics typically are eat, sing, talk, pray. Like that yeah. that type of Whatever, and it's helpful. It's extremely helpful, but I can't tell you that I've been a part of community groups where we're eating, and as we're eating, we're just 
it just we're just talking about what we're going to talk about. That's right. And so there's really no need to go like no 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 no. Let's pause Let's, now. We can't for a time for a time. No, no. Yeah. Or no no no. Don't say it because we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so no, I just, just go, just yeah, go in. There's just that you just got to feel the spirit in that and, um, allow the spirit to work. That's right. And, and I blow that up 30,000 feet now and realize that that's true about our whole week. So, you know, we're not in community group, Yeah, you know, man. and all of a sudden somebody pops into your mind to pray for them or somebody, you know, sends you a text message and, and says, you know, Hey, I really screwed it up or, you know, whatever it is right. like now, now's an opportunity. We, we, these are common mundane early church activities to simply be constantly together in prayer. Yeah. So that, I mean, that means more than just seven o'clock on a Wednesday night. Um, and also speaking the gospel, you know, they're committed to the truth of it. Don't forget the truth. Don't forget it. Yeah. And it's, I'll be in again, just full transparency here. It, that it, it's exhausting to, to, um, to pursue this kind of rest. Yeah, <laughs> no, it really is. <laughs> yeah. it, it really is to, because it is, Cause it's a, because my, again, my default setting is just to just hit it in neutral and just coast through like coast through daily life. I've got to, uh, I've got to do this. I've got to, I got to check off this. I got to check off this. I got to talk to this. I got to call, call this or whatever without again, being really plugged into what God is doing yeah. in the midst of all of that. So and it's ex- it's really it's mentally and emotionally exhausting to yeah. be able to do that, and um, that's why we need to hear Jesus pumped into our ear holes that's right. consistently. That's right. So, because um, that's where our boldness comes from, right? You know, being so assured. And that's of where the our rest comes from. That's right. That's where the rest comes from, not in the doing. That's right. But it that but that's but that and that doing looks and is exhausting. That's right. Well, good. Uh, there's so much that we can say. Um, we went a little bit of uh, overtime, but some of that is because we knew that the sermon uh, wasn't wasn't going to be available. So maybe this discussion would just be sermon round two. But thank you so much for joining us. There is no community group this week, um, but man, I hope this is encouraging for you, and I hope you're actually able to to take what what we've talked about here uh, and and think about it, and then implement this week. Um, find find ways to be constant in prayer and to commit ourselves to the truth of the gospel because the reality is it is true uh, and there's so much fellowship that we have with Jesus. So we hope this week you can uh, believe and grow and hope all in Jesus. He's made it possible. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Restore. Restore.